Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Um, it's definitely been a minute, so I decided to uh, give a special treat this time, uh, a double dip. We have uh, the great New York promoter, Mr. Lou DeBella, and the great New Jersey promoter, Kathy Duva, main events uh, as a double dip this time. Uh, we talked about uh, all that's going on with both the Bella Entertainment and main events. A lot of great fights they're putting on. Uh, Lou's got fighters in the World Boxing Super Series and at Madison Square Garden soon. Kathy has fighters in Atlantic City and Brooklyn, uh, you know, coming up on ESPN, all kinds of different networks. So uh, great conversations with both and I hope you enjoy. All right, so I want to welcome to the Boxing Esquire podcast, the one and only, the head honcho at uh, one of the top promotional entities in the sport, DeBella Entertainment, Mr. Lou DeBella. What's going on, Lou? Everything's good, Kirk. Cool. cool. On, my way to Bo- on, on my way to Boston to watch Kevin Farmer hopefully successfully defend his title against James Tennyson on Saturday night. Yeah, man, you have an absolutely crazy schedule the next couple of weeks. On on Saturday, you've got uh, Tevin Farmer and uh, Tennyson, who's a very tough customer, European champ. Um, how do you think that one's going to go? I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to tell you that I, I I I'm not confident in my guy. Um, by the way, I wouldn't tell you if I if I if I wasn't confident, I still wouldn't tell you. But I, <laughs> I mean, I, look, Tevin's a Tevin's a really good boxer. So, I mean, he's got tremendous skill set, and I think he should be the best Tevin Farmer that he's been in a couple of years because now he's, like, a little bit removed from the shooting in his hand. He's, a, you know, a year and a half away from that. Um, so I think you're going to see him at about 100%. Tennyson's a big puncher, um, very big puncher, but, you know, Te- Tevin just has to be careful. His speed and athleticism is superior to Tennyson's. Um, the only thing Tennyson has on Tevin is punching power. I, I, I would I would say if you were a betting man, it would probably be Farmer by decision. But whenever you fight a puncher, it's a little bit dangerous. Right, Tennyson. Uh, Tennyson was down in his last fight. I mean, he got dropped, and he was he was losing that fight to Martin Ward. But then he just kept coming, and uh, he's got that great equalizer. So, um, and that was going to be on the zone, right? That's on the zone, yeah. Okay. How'd that deal come about with you and Eddie? Uh, I mean, is Eddie co-promoting, or is he just is Tevin just appearing on the zone? It's uh, it's co-promotional for a few fights, for uh, you know, co-promotional for a year and a half or so. But but he's my co-promoter for uh, at least the next you know Saturday night, two more fights uh, on the zone, and it could go if if Eddie delivers something big enough on the zone. Um, it could be a four-fight deal. But it's a multi-fight deal. And, and, and the way it came about was uh, Eddie approached me with a very aggressive kind of offer. He had a game plan that he wanted uh, for, you know, he wanted to, you know, he had a game plan he wanted to execute with Tevin and, and uh, lead to a, a potentially, you know, major fight in two or three fights. And the money was top of the market. So, you know, Tevin is not a, you know, Tevin's been around the game a while and hasn't been treated so great by boxing. Um, he hasn't really made significant money before. Uh, you know, Saturday night will be his first uh, multi-six-figure payday. 
you know, and, and, and uh, he's, he's, he made a, we were able to make a great deal. You know, obviously, you know, the zone needs to attract people. The zone needs people to learn its name. It doesn't have any brand recognition. It just went out and made a deal with Canelo Alvarez. Um, it's going after championship caliber talent, some of some of which you know through Eddie Hearn, and some of which you know like the, you know obviously they just made a deal with Golden Boy and and Canelo, but you know they're looking to make a name for themselves and and uh, you know I'm operating in the best interest of my fighters. So if I'm offered a game plan and, and money that I can't match elsewhere, I'll do business with Eddie and the Zone. I'm, you know I, I I I'll do business with ESPN and. At top rank, I'll do business, and, and I do a lot of business with Al and PBC. Um, but I do, I'm doing business right now with everybody. Actively doing business right now with everybody. Yeah, actually, you're, you're. I mean, you're probably the biggest promoter out there who's unattached right now. Um, so you're you're actually in a pretty good position as a free agent with you know three. Uh, very well-funded um, television networks uh, who are, you know, actively looking for opponents <laughs> and, 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 and good fights. So, you know, where, where you fit yeah, in... I mean, no, and, and, look, and look, I get, I also get the opportunity to promote uh, a, a number of great shows with, with PBC and a number of great shows at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Right, which you've grown, promoted, yeah, yeah. I, I promoted a show with, with Aram. I'm co-promoting some, some stuff with Eddie. Um, you know, I'm, I'm open to doing, look, it's a pretty good position to be in right now. And here's the other thing. I really, truly have no um, reason to root for anything but the success of the entire industry because for two reasons. One is right now I'm doing business with a lot of other people. And, you know, the more they are valuing talent and the more they're paying for content, the better off I am. And the second reason is I am one of the biggest guys in the world right now, in the world right now, who's not attached to a network. Absolutely. And that's not the worst, that's not the worst place to be for my fighters or for myself, you know, because it's, it's not a leap to see another player coming in, you know, and, and, and particularly if the players that are in now start having success or continue to ratchet up um, the valuation of, of, our content and, and our sport, boxing. You know, obviously content is king right now, and combat sports is a, a key component in, in the view of a lot of programming and, and content providers as, as a, a, a nice category. So, you know, I'm rooting for the success of... of, of and, and here's another thing. To some extent, my, yeah, these guys are absolutely are my competitors, but they're also... You know, right now ESPN's not my competitor. It's still a network. I mean, Aram's got the the the, the deal there, but ESPN, I, particularly linear ESPN, you know, delivers a lot of eyeballs. You know, I continue to do business with Showtime, you know, and, and Showtime right now is the last man standing, uh, starting in 2019 in premium cable boxing, uh, dependent on what happens with stars after the contender. You know, but. I'm going to keep my options open to do business with everybody. You know, Combustible Lou is now Lou Switzerland. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wanted to get to the state of the game stuff after I. After Look, I, I have relationships with people. Obviously, 
you know, I do, I've done more business in recent years with Al and with the PBC universe than any place else. And, and if, you know, if that continues, I'm thrilled with that. You know, there's a lot of big fights that could happen there. You know, Showtime is going to have a big slate of PBC fights. Fox is now in the PBC business. And a lot of eyeballs are going to occur on that, you know, that part of the universe. And there's going to be some, you know, pay-per-view offerings that come through, uh, you know, that, that, that side of the industry. And that, I keep saying that side, but right now there are certain, there appear to be, you know, there are deals between certain, you know, content providers and, 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 and platforms. Obviously, Eddie and Golden Boy have deals with the DAZN platform. Aram has a deal with the ESPN platform. Heyman right now has a deal with Showtime and with Fox. I, I don't believe that those platforms are going to be the last platforms. Right. You know, I've heard that Kathy uh, Duva has some, a certain number of few dates on, or some number of dates that she's going to announce on NBC. The more, look, the more stuff that's out there, and the greater success the sport has across the board, the better it is economically for all of us involved in it, from the fighters to the managers to the promoters. Though uh, so it's, you know, right now, the way the universe is situated, um, it's not the easiest thing for the small promoter, the smaller promoter, to succeed unless he has a local market that he can capitalize on on a regular basis. Well, especially so in New York with the, with the insurance uh, being driven up uh, by, by that bill a few years ago. It makes it really, really tough on, on small promoters uh, to do club shows, which is like the lifeblood of boxing. But I did want to get to, to your other fighters and, and your, your busy schedule because, you know, you got, you know, a, a, a lot of your, your star players uh, fighting in the next couple well, of weekends. Well, thanks to my friend Eddie, but it's really not as fault because HBO sort of called his hand on this. But um, the HBO show, which has a terrific main event between Danny Jacobs and Sergei Derevchenko, um, one of the really Derevchenko is one of the best fighters in the world. That's not as well known as he should be. Um, but here's his opportunity, and I think he's in a toss-up kind of fight with Danny Jacobs at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden on the 27th. Um, I have on the same card Yandale Evans from Cleveland that was involved in two terrific fights in the last couple of years. He beat undefeated Bilal Dib, um, knocked Bilal Dib off uh, you know, a real trajectory toward a title shot. And then he went on and, uh, and, he, and he defeated the, um, the late Louis Rosa in what was uh, rest, rest Louis' soul. Right. He died in a car accident subsequent to the fight. Uh, but he defeated Louis Rose and gave Louis his first defeat in what was an honorable mention on a lot of pound-for-pound pound lists. Um, it was a great fight. So it was a great fight. And he'll, he's fighting Machado on the uh, undercard. And Heather Hardy and Shelly Vincent, too, this time for a WBO World Championship, rematch a 216th female ring magazine fight of the year. That's also on that card at the Hulu Theater. And at exactly the same time, in New Orleans, Louisiana, um, Ivan Baranchek's going to fight Anthony Yigit for the IBF 140-pound title. And in the main event, Regis Progre is fighting former world champion Terry Flanagan for Regis's WBC diamond belt. And um, Flanagan's former world champion himself. So, well, First of all, where, where are you going to be? Where, which one are you going to? Um, I'm trying to figure that out as we speak. <laughs> um, it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, hey, you know what? Let's try to figure that out as you think. Uh, obviously, physically, I could only be in one place. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure that out. On, on top of it, I got my mom having a uh, uh, some surgery next week. So Ugh. anybody out there who believes in saying a prayer, throw up one for her. Absolutely. Uh, she's having some surgery. She having some surgery early next week, so I'm gonna have a really crazy week. And then I have a major press conference in Richmond for my minor league baseball team on Tuesday because we're hosting the two the uh, Eastern League Double A All Star Game in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and the, the Richmond Flying Squirrels are my Double A team, San Francisco Giants Double A team right. in Richmond, and we're hosting the All Star Game. So we're announcing our title sponsor on Tuesday. So I'll <laughs> well, be, congrats uh, on that. Sitting in a, I got I got a crazy week next week, really truly crazy week, but. Um, I'm really rooting for uh, what I think could be a great week for my fighters and for the Bella Entertainment. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's touch on the fight just a little bit. Uh, Barachik, you know, obviously I know him well. Uh, you uh, you uh, co-promote him with Fight Promotions Inc. Um, but he's also a, a Broadway boxing alum. He came up through the the, the Bell Entertainment uh, development system. He went Broadway boxing, then Showbox, and now he's getting a world title fight on. on uh, the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, gr- I'm grateful for Espinosa and uh, and Gordy Hall, the architect of of Showbox, for giving me regular, you know, some regularity of dates, and I've been able to use Broadway boxing as a feeder system to Showbox, and then you know on to bigger things. And both Regis and Baranchek were fighting in New Orleans at the uh, UNO Lakefront Arena on October 27th, and people in uh, New Orleans and that whole you know, New Orleans, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi area, come out to UNO Lakefront Arena on the 27th and watch. Um, but both those guys came up through that, you know, that Broadway boxing, showbox feeding ground. And, and now both of them are fighting for world championships on the same night. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that Baranchek, I think, is a harder puncher than Yigit. I think his offense is a lot scarier. Than Yigitz. I think Yigitz a very good boxer, um, very skilled, mobile, uh, somewhat elusive, but not a powerful guy. Right. Um, I, I think I got a pretty good chance in that fight. I and, agree. Um, and I expect to uh, take care of business with Flanagan, but look, Terry Flanagan's a tough customer, and anyone who doesn't think so isn't paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. He he came real close to taking the, the BO title. He lost a split decision. So yeah, and you know, Regis uh, got hit a little bit more than people expected in his last fight. So that you know, I think uh, people are definitely looking forward to that one as as, as being a, a tight one that that Rougarou should win. But um, Flanagan definitely no joke. Are those guys in the same bracket well, in the World Boxing Super Series? Do, would they meet in the semis or no? Baranchuk and, and Progre. I do not. They, I don't believe they're slated where they would fight next. I don't think they would fight next. Okay, so uh, Barachik would they, take on I, I Taylor then, if if Taylor wins and he wins. Okay. I believe Barachik would take on Taylor, and Regis takes on. I want to say Relic. Relic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barachik would fight Taylor, and Regis would fight um, Relic. It, it, well, Relic, Relic uh, beat Trinovsky already. Right. So Regis would fight Trello. Uh, and, and Ivan would fight. We're assuming it's Taylor, but, you know, Taylor's got to fight with Ryan Martin. Um, 
You know, so Taylor's going to fight Ryan Martin, assuming Taylor, uh, if Taylor wins, we would, we'd, we'd, Regis would fight Relic and Baranchek, if he beats Yigit, would fight the winner of, uh, of Taylor and Ryan Martin. Damn, those are good fights, man. Those are really good fights. I mean, I love the World Boxing Super Series, man. I'm so glad that you, uh, that you put your guys in that tournament. I mean, uh, talk about that a little bit. What uh, Look, uh, the decision-making uh, process to put uh, them in there? Wor- it, 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 it's now a worldwide television market, you know? And, um, and maybe now with Canelo moving to the zone, um, there'll be some more eyeballs driven over to the zone to watch the Super Series, which is really good content, you know? Absolutely. And, um, but I got to tell you that they emptied up uh, the zone and bought the Super Series. The Super Series emptied up and is paying, paying top dollar and keeping the participants very active. So there's, you know, three fights in a concentrated period of time, which is great for the fighter. And um, I'm excited that Regis is part of it. And I'm, it's going to be a crazy night on, uh, look, I'm, God willing, Tevin Farmer gets past uh, uh, his 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 uh, counterpart from Belfast, Mr. Tennyson, this Saturday night at the TV Garden in Boston, and then I got a crazy night with five. I have six fighters and five world title fights in two <laughs> cities at the same time. <laughs> that's that's. Just... I have Yandale Evans and uh, Dervianchenko fighting for world championships in New York on HBO with with. Heather Hardy fighting Shelly Vincent on HBO in an historic fight for HBO. And, um, Those are two of your fighters, too. Right. Both of them are my fighters. and They're fighting for the vacant WBO title. By the way, Cindy Serrano uh, on DAZN this Saturday night on the same show that Andrade's fighting on and that Tevin's fighting Tennyson. Cindy Serrano's jumping two weight classes. Um, Some people think she's crazy. Her sister's done this kind of thing many times, but look, Cindy has never had the opportunity for a, a, a major female boxing payday, and she's moving up two weight classes, gave up her belt at 126 to fight um, at 135 to take the challenge Katie Taylor. So Cindy's fighting Katie Taylor Saturday night. That's Look, she's obviously an underdog, but it shows you the kind of uh, grit that Cindy has to, at, at the, this late stage in her career, take on that kind of challenge and jump two weight classes. She's on the televised, the zone show, uh, the streamed, I'm saying televised, streamed the zone show. And you can get that with the zone app. And, and, uh, Kevin's on the same card and then HBO, you know, and then a week later, uh, there Vincenko, Jacobs, Machado, Evans, Heather Hardy, and, and Shelly, uh, on HBO and the, at the same exact night back on the zone, the World Boxing Super Series, best 40-pounder in the world, reaches pro-gray uh, against uh, former world champion Terry Flanagan and Ivan Baranchek, the beast, uh, who I co-promote with uh, Tony Holden uh, at, at Fight Promotions. He's fighting uh, uh, Anthony Yigit for the IBF, the vacant IBF title, and, uh, and to move on in the World Boxing Super Series. So... Uh, the, the 20th and 27th, I got a very, I got a very busy and an important week, you know, a very important week. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, let's let's pull it back and and, and talk about what, what what you were talking about initially, kind of the the state of the sport. 
Um, I know you spoke about this uh, uh, briefly on, a, on another podcast, but I mean, your name was synonymous with HBO Boxing, and in, 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 you know, when, when you were there, and, and uh, it had to be uh, disheartening to to hear them announce that uh, 2018 is their last year. What what was your reaction when you first heard the news? Um, it was it, it was not it was not unexpected. Um, but it was disheartening and the timing of it was sort of a little bit sooner than I would have guessed it would have been. Um, yeah, man, it, 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 it look, I had a lot to do with, you know, with a team of people and Seth Abraham and, uh, you know, Michael Fuchs, Ross Greenberg, uh, Bob Greenway, uh, Rick Bernstein, a whole, I go through a long list of late Artie Curry, Mark Taffet. Um, I go through a long list of people that had a lot to do with the rise of, of HBO boxing and HBO sports uh, in the 90s, particularly. Um, and then to watch the once, the once biggest brand in the entire world in televised boxing get out of the sport. Um, yeah, man, it bummed me out. But you know what? Shit happens. And life, life changes. Companies change. The priorities of... of of businesses and networks change. Um, clearly, boxing hasn't been a major priority to HBO for a while as a programming entity. When I was there, boxing was viewed as must-see programming. That changed. And I think HBO, once it started to view boxing as being less significant, um, eventually it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then when the time was right, they, they made the decision to get out. Um, stuff like that happens in corporations and television networks a lot. It's just that uh, when you look at the fact that HBO had 40 years um, at the very top of the boxing industry in terms of televised and premium you know, cable and premium cable, HBO is the king of boxing. Um, it's, 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 a, it's an historic changing of, of guards and a historic uh, passing of a, a, a franchise. Yeah, it's def definitely sad. I mean, you know, I think you know everyone has a uh, great memories of 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 just so many amazing fights uh, through the '80s and '90s and early 2000s, uh, and you know, up to the up to the present day. Uh, but uh, it's interesting too. Now you hear uh, Bob Arum, especially, and kind of Eddie parroting it a little bit that you know they're they're, they're trying to shoe Showtime uh, out of the boxing business. You know what? You know, you, you know what? Honestly, like. <laughs> Uh, come on, Bob is being Bob, and I and I have a tremendous respect for Bob. But Bob's being Bob, and I think Eddie's being a, a British parrot. Um, <laughs> HBO didn't have to get out of boxing. Right. AT and T didn't have to get out of boxing. I mean, AT and T, you know, AT and T can can buy and sell the zone a million times over. If AT and T wanted to be in boxing and HBO wanted to be in boxing, they'd still be in boxing. Showtime's had, having success with boxing. Right. Their subscribership in terms of, you know, the contentment with, H, with Showtime Sports right now, um, that, that's being evidenced by Showtime subscribers and, and, you know, the significance of the Showtime boxing franchise to Showtime. They, they don't have to get out of boxing. I mean, you know, they, they, there's... They got. It. They may have to approach it a little differently than they have in certain circumstances, but there's absolutely a place 
for premium cable in boxing if they want to stay, if they're dedicated to that type of programming and they want to be in our combat sport. Um, I don't think there's any reason to think that Showtime won't be a significant player for at least years to come. Yeah, I, I hope to hell they don't get out of it because I, I thought that upfront that uh, that Stephen did at the beginning of the year was amazing. I thought that that's something that's been long overdue in the sport, you know, where where you're actually marketing the sport and and educating people about you know the demographics of the sport that it's you know young people watch this sport, you know, and it's got you know a, a, a better like you know cross representation in, in its demographic than most sports do. You know, it was it's great that Stephen got out front and, and talked about those things and and educated people and then also brought out like a ton of great fighters and put together great fights. I thought Showtime's had maybe their best year ever this year. I agree with that. And I, and, and, I, and I think there's no reason for them to abandon something that's working for them right now. HBO abandoned something that stopped working for them. Now, you could argue that they have anything to do with it not working for them anymore. They may, they may very well have, but once it wasn't working for them, they made a decision to get out of it. You know, right now, boxing's working for Showtime. Right, right. Speaking of, uh, of big deals and business, um, Canelo and Golden Boy going to DAZN. I mean, they were, they were kind of, you know, uh, you know, with HBO shutting its doors, uh, they, they were out there. Are, are you surprised? And uh, how significant is it that they went to DAZN as opposed to Showtime or ESPN or Fox? I don't think it's overly significant. DAZN had a big war chest that needed to get some anchor. They don't really have an anchor right now, and, and, and it's a streaming service that's a sports streaming service, and there aren't a lot of sports right now that are, you know, major team sports that are out there for the having, for the taking, and um, and I I think that they made a decision to use Canelo as like a lost leader, and and grab uh, somebody that can might, might be really able to get attention as he's gotten the last few days, and maybe get some people to download that app. So it's not shocking to me. They had money. You know, they've been bragging about the money they had. Um, it, it's, uh, they opened the doors up beyond Eddie. So it's no longer, you know, zone's not Eddie's thing alone. Obviously, top, uh, Golden Boy now has a home at zone for uh, some of their other shows and, and, and for Canelo. But what they have done is bought a pay-per-view star onto a service that desperately needs an identity and name recognition and a brand. So I, I get it. I don't. Th- I, mean, I understand what they did, and um, you're not going to hear me criticizing it. Right. I guess you know that it's, it's kind of like a, a blessing, and in, in a you know, I guess you can, you can make like both sides of the argument. I mean, you know, pay per view is something that boxing fans chafe pay-per-view at. Pay per view is not. Pay per view is not going away. This may serve to help uh, the pay per view industry evolve. Right. Uh, you know, I think that fifty fifty deals with the cable industry, where the programmer is getting you know, after he pays the distribution partner or whatever, often gets less than half the money. That's not going to fly in the future. Right, If right. Floyd Mayweather comes out of retirement, he's not doing a 50-50 deal with anybody on pay-per-view. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and I think you might see if the, if the percentages shift, then that, that can also bring down the suggested retail price. So you could see the suggested retail price coming down. But it they, the zone didn't kill pay-per-view by getting uh, Canelo Alvarez, and, and um, 
But I do think that there will be some, you know, look, we're in a period of flux and a period of change, and we're going to see certain things change, and we're going to see, but you're not going to see, you know, all, all these, like, I've never heard more bullshit than I've heard in red in, in, in recent months. And by the way, the bullshit changed on a biweekly basis as things have changed and developed. <laughs> Heyman was dead, right? right? Well, Heyman's far from dead. And then, you know, there, there was a Showtime deal and a big Fox deal. Heyman's dead. You know, ESPN's not going to last a couple of years. Well, no, yes, it will. You know, uh, Eddie was going to be the king of all boxing, and boxing was going to cower at his feet, and everybody else was dead. That hasn't happened. But the zone's a player. Right. You know? right. they got to deal with Anthony Joshua, and they got to deal with Canelo. They're a player. So they're going to be around for some period of time. Um, and, I, and, and I fully expect other programming uh, platforms to get into to uh, boxing and, and, and to make plays in sports and in combat sports and and uh, you know I, I you know no this is not like because boxing's hotter than it's ever been like people thinking that way are really not thinking through everything but boxing is a, is affordable content right in a world where a lot of different people and entities need attractive content uh, relevant content sports content, combat content, and, and you know, it's, it's, there's a marketplace. I got to jump in a couple of minutes because I'm about to cut you off, about to head into a bad area, Kurt. Okay. Um, but, but if you want to wrap it up with a last question, we can do that. Okay, sure. Um, well, okay, so, so I guess, you know, so there you have it. I mean, we've, we've got, like, um, you know, all this broadcast money coming into the sport. You've got three or four networks with exclusive deals and major entities. You know, we, you know we've named them. Um, but streaming, here's the, here's, here's the, here's the big um, obstacle for streaming, okay? And streaming's here probably to stay, okay? But the big obstacle is, you know, eventually, too, we're going to be in self-driving cars, and there'll be uh, regular trips into the Earth's atmosphere space, and there won't be traditional television networks, but none of that stuff's happening tomorrow. Right. And for the foreseeable future, linear television, an ESPN basic cable, a Showtime premium cable, a Fox network, uh, uh, are going to deliver more eyeballs than streaming services will versus distribution and that could be a number of years so the, the the challenge with the zone is how to build a brand out of something look espn has the advantage espn plus has the espn brand espn's right. brand is one of the most famous sports brands in the world most people don't know the other platform the other streaming platform they have to establish their name i guess that you know they, they tried to make some steps in that direction this week Absolutely, absolutely. Well, now, I mean, because you have these three power bases, how, how you know, how are the best going to fight the best, and 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 how is it going to be? Uh... I think that's uh, that's going to be a problem. Right. Uh, look, look. In certain areas, it's not going to be a problem at all. If if most of the best in a particular weight cast lie in one place, I mean, you can get a lot of great PBC welterweight fights right now. The question is, when does the guy that emerges as the one guy out of PBC? When does the one guy, when he's the last man standing at 47, 
when he's the last man standing, can a Bud Crawford fight be made? And the other question is, who does Bud, Cor- Bud Crawford fight between now and then? Top ranks going to have to build some opposition and build some storylines. You know, there are fighters. They have to be developed. It's one of the reasons why there are going to be opportunities for promoters that aren't part of the big three. I also expect whatever that big three is, is going to have competition in the future because other players are going to come into the industry. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Lou, well, I'll, I'll let you go. I mean, I know you've got, uh, you've got Tevin to take care of and, and you're driving right now, so I appreciate your time, man. Well, I'm, 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 I'm a passenger right now, greatly disturbing my driver, and, uh, and, I, and I'm looking, I, I'm watching my phone as I'm losing the little, what do you call those things, those, the, the bars. I'm, I'm, I'm down to two bars. <laughs> so I want to I want to end the interview on a high note and gracefully before I uh, I uh, I cut out. But root for Regis Progress. Root for Ivan Baracek. <laughs> All right, I mean, really. Right, good. We need a good up. We, we need a good upset in boxing. Sergey Dervinchenko hungry. He deserves it. Root for <laughs> Sergey Dervinchenko. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, good luck Support in the next women's boxing. Absolutely. Marty Vincent, Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, HBO, October twenty seventh. <laughs> UNO Lakefront Arena reaches Pro Gray October 27th. They're competing with each other thanks to matchroom boxing at Eddie Hearn. But hey, you know what? You know what? The, the, the more activity we have in the sport, there are going to be nights where there are multiple shows in one night. And frankly, maybe that's a good thing because it says that a lot's going on in our industry and our sport. And clearly, right now, if you look at the last couple of weeks, a lot is going on in our industry and our sport. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, if you had more time, I, I would have got into. I just wrote an article about how we should, how boxing should form a league, and every you know we should do like five, six World Boxing Super Series a year and rotate the divisions. But I don't know if your bars yeah, are good. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, Take my man. We'll talk to you. Really enjoyed that conversation with uh, Lou DiBella. And uh, next up is uh, the extraordinary promoter. From New Jersey and main events, Ms. Kathy Duva. So joining me on the podcast, one of the smartest people in the business, one of the best promoters without question, uh, Kathy Duva from uh, main events. Uh, Welcome to the Boxing Esquire podcast, Kathy. Thank you so much, Kurt. (laughs) Um, Man, just uh, crazy times going on in boxing right now, really... uh, Fast-moving times. I just kind of wanted to to talk to someone with uh, who had the the most institutional knowledge that I know uh, to to try and make some sense of it. But uh, but uh, first, I want to talk about what's what's going on with main events. Um, so you've got the big show coming up uh, November third at yep. uh, the Aviator in Brooklyn with uh, Sullivan Barrera and Shawnee Monahan. Is uh is that one going to be part of the the Facebook series that you guys? Yes, you... yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, it's okay. going to be the, the the they made a you know commitment to like first five fights, so this will be the, the fifth of those fights, and uh, and then after that we'll find out you know how they feel about going forward. Ah, That's important, very important. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I thought um. I saw a quote on on you know the most reliable source of course Twitter, um, <laughs> but uh, one one of the uh, I think Sean Nam uh, boxing reporter talked to someone from Facebook and they said they were pretty excited about boxing and they they definitely want to mm-hmm. stay more involved. So is that I mean it's I mean there's it just seems like everything's opened up right now. I mean is that obviously that's something that main events is looking at. 
course, my God, boxing's hot again. This is amazing. Uh, it hasn't been like this since the, the beginning, you know, when I first got involved in this business, uh, you know, TV-wise in the early 80s, when boxing was on every network and, you know, every weekend there were multiple shows. We're starting to see something that looks a bit like that again. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what do you think was the, was the kind of the, the cause of the renaissance of, of, of boxing of, of late? Well, you know, every every medium that has ever been invented, beginning with radio, started out with boxing first. We go from radio to to broadcast television to uh, uh, cable to premium cable to pay per view, closed circuit. Um, you know, everything everything that has that has been developed as a way to communicate with people. Uh, boxing was always the first sport on, and there's a reason for that. Um, we we own our own rights. So we're cheap compared to major league franchise sports. Uh, we are uh, easy to schedule. You can fit us in, you know, wherever you need us, um, and and uh, people will watch it if it's on. And so uh, my daughter calls it the law and order of of, uh, of sports. You know, it's not your favorite show, but you'll watch it if it's on. And that's kind of what boxing is. Uh, a lot of very few people will say boxing is their favorite sport, but it's surprising how many will say, "Yeah, but if it's on, I watch it." So um, every time we have a new medium that's looking for a way to reach out to sports fans, they come to us. So now we're we're in the world of streaming and over the top and. Uh, those those kinds of platforms are going to be driven by by audiences uh, who are who are you know uh, either willing to watch something just because they find it somewhat interesting or are really dedicated um, you know these niche audiences of people that just you know have to see all of it and we we qualify on both of those uh, descriptions so it kind of it, it situates this sport very uniquely um, as as something that that you know a, a broadcaster can can take a chance on without really taking that much of a chance. We we always were able to get eyeballs, and and the reason we were we kind of declined on the, the network television side was partly because HBO had stepped in and taken all of the cream of the crop, basically all the best events away because uh, they had more money to spend, and also because we were not sponsor-friendly. Sponsors by time. Boxing matches can end very early. Uh, sponsors are sensitive sometimes about things, and, you know, I, I can't tell you how many meetings I went to, even in the 90s, hearing, well, you know, Mike Tyson, Don King, I don't know if we really want to be associated with that. Um the nice thing about this this over the top world it is or, or the streaming world is it's not driven by sponsors right. it's driven by people and what they want to see and that gives us an opportunity to come back and and become a, a, a you know a meaningful sport again um you know prior to the the advent of of uh we call it, you know ESPN the, the modern world of television sports Boxing was one of the major sports. It was boxing, baseball, and horse racing. And uh, we, you know, part, part of the reason why boxing was a major sport is again because people will watch it if it's on. So, right. Uh, we we weren't on for a long time, and that was the problem. Now we're back. So I, I think uh, this is terrific. It's a great time to be involved in boxing. It's a really great time to be a premium fighter. There's so much money being offered for their services right now through all these competing services that are ultimately aiming at this streaming world, which is where they're headed. 
Right. You know, it's really interesting because, yeah, um, I, I talked to Lou DiBello last night and um, I was talking to him about, um, you know, you have like uh, a lot of the, the, you know, bigger promoters have um, their own network or their own television deal now, um, you know, on, on what, like four four different networks now. And, and Lou, I thought, you know, like Lou and basically, you know, main events are two of, you know, the bigger companies that 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 don't have their own and you know i i know you guys are are looking and it's been reported that you're you're talking to people so you know that, that probably won't be mm-hmm. for long but lose yeah. lose uh Lou, Lou is kind of like enjoying being like a free agent you know and and being able to to mm-hmm. kind of match his you know being being that guy who deals with all of the the networks and kind of picks mm-hmm. and chooses um is that something i mean i, I know you guys are looking at you know your own deal which makes obviously a lot of sense but you know is is there a consideration for maybe you know staying a free agent and 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 being that one that that all these other ones have to reach out to i think i think in the end we're going to have it both ways if i get if i get if i get my way um you know i i am working on something and hopefully we will have an announcement i can't really talk about yet but hopefully we'll have an announcement in the next week or two um but that deal will not preclude me from doing other things. So what, what I hope to do is build stars as Main Events has done since the 1980s, um, actually the late 70s, uh, as we always have. Um, and once they become big enough, um, we will have the, the freedom to go to, go to everyone. Um, we, we just made a deal with Top Rank for Sergey Kovalev to fight on ESPN. Um, we you know, certainly will listen to... Whether it's Eddie Hearn or Golden Boy at the uh, Zone, uh, and, and you know whatever else comes along, um, again Facebook is interested. We'll be in a in a really nice position to be able to go to wherever uh, where, wherever the best opportunity lies. And um, you know I'm happy that we we have have continued to be able to work with those those promoters. Most recently, working with Golden Boy on this Facebook series, working with Top Rank. Um, with the with the Kovalev fight coming up, so we've been having good conversations with them, and also, you know, I've, I've known Eddie Hearn's father since for I don't know thirty odd years, so we're all friends, and uh, the door's always open there too. I mean, it's great, absolutely. I, I remember, yeah, when when I was a lot more active as a manager, and you know, the 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 most attractive thing, I mean, you know, main events literally had deals with every single network. That televised mm-hmm. boxing, you know, yes, ESPN, Showtime, HBO, you know, just uh, NBC. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you guys have dealt with everybody. You know, you have just great relationships with with you know all all the broadcast networks and now Facebook as well. So yeah, you know, yeah, just, and, and a lot of the people, surprising number of people we are dealing with now are the exact same people we met. <laughs> You know, <laughs> thirty-eight, forty years ago. Right, right. Eighties, nineties. <laughs> being really old. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking so, speaking of nice. that, you, you know, November twenty-fourth, you have uh, Dimitri Bivol and 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 Jean Pascal on HBO, which you know had been pretty mm-hmm. much the premier network for forty-five, you know, forty-plus years in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is that a officially the last uh hbo boxing show uh in at least the near future uh i don't think so i think they're planning another one on december 8th but, that's uh, we'll be close we'll, we'll be close to closing the show right um, 
it's, it's a world without HBO in it is something I've never experienced in boxing. So that is going to be quite an adjustment for, for, for me. Um, it's funny, though, you know, um, a friend of mine at NBC continues to tell the story about how my husband called him up one day and said, He'd, we had done the first Pazienza, uh, Vinny Pazienza-Greg Haugen fight on NBC, and we were planning the rematch. And he called up this, this friend at NBC who's still there, and he said, uh, so how much you want to pay for this rematch? And he said, I don't know, you know a hundred, couple hundred thousand maybe. And he said, yeah, this guy Seth Abraham just offered me a million dollars for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my friend said to him, well, then, I guess that's the end of boxing on network TV. He said it that day. <laughs> wow. It's over. And wow. that person has been saying consistently for years, as long as boxing's at HBO, you're never going to see it come back to network TV in any meaningful way. And look what just happened. So, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it really, you know, at this moment, as streaming is suddenly becoming the new thing, you know, uh, when when we were starting out, it was cable that had just, you know, ESPN launched in, in 1980. Our company was incorporated in 1978. So um, as we did that, my husband, Dan, of course, you know, talked about how this is going to be the future. It's cable, and this is how it's going to work. Well, two years ago, his daughter, my, my daughter Nicole, <laughs> sat down and said, this streaming is going to be the future. This is how it's going to work. <laughs> Wow, yeah. And and so um we I see history repeating itself. So I'm really we we were actually, you know, one of the first four promoters that put fights on ESPN in that first year of series uh, boxing series that they did. Uh we worked with Top Rank in that. Uh and 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 uh Russell Peltz and Ernie Terrell, uh, we were the four uh, promoters that that put on, you know, alternated weeks in that first series that ESPN did. So, uh how crazy we're back on ESPN. We're working with Bob Arum. Uh, we see this this future coming, you know, and, and now that even the ESPN thing is being driven largely by their their uh, their over the top plans, their streaming plans, and the sport just somehow, you know, just get, just keeps going because again, people will watch, so it's, it's fun. Absolutely. Well, you know, only if you put, uh, you know, the the Kovalev uh, Alvarez rematch at Ice World in Totowa, New Jersey, would you have the completed the circle? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that, unfortunately, they, they, it's 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 a it's a clothing store now. So oh, is that right? <laughs> we're going to be making any more fights there. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to let the uh, I don't know where they're going to put it in Frisco, Texas, or someplace. Top rank still hasn't told me, but uh, it's going to be. Uh, Whatever, it's it's going to be great, and and more people will see it than saw the first fight, most likely. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's great. great. You know, it's funny. I, you know, I read the. Uh, I mean, I've probably quoted this article a million times, but um, from the Sports Business Journal, where where Burke Magnus from ESPN was basically saying, you know, even though they didn't offer the PBC a deal, the PBC, you know, by putting things on the network and and you know, not consistently but but you know they definitely hit some really big ratings when they had really good fights on and you know the light bulb kind of went off and you know network executives said like wow this sport can still draw ratings you know and the demographic is nowhere near what we thought it was it's young people it's across the board you know it's wow sure it's a product you know right in front of our face and we just kind of you know blew it off over the last 20 years i've been in, in in network uh, you know, uh, offices and talked to the executives and said, you know, 
like at the time, like my, my, my son, who is now about to be is 29, you know, when he was 16, uh, I remember going in, you know, to meet with ESPN and saying, you know, you know, Arturo Gatti just fought Leonard Durin on HBO, and my son was there, who was 16, and he uh, didn't say much about it when the, it was exciting. It was a knockout. Everybody was Great thrilled. Knockout, yeah. um, you know, we went to we went to the coffee shop after, and he you know, wasn't t- we were talking about all kinds of things, but not that much about the fight. And I picked him up from football practice on Monday, and he wanted to talk about it all of a sudden. I said, well, "What the heck happened?" He goes, "Are you kidding me?" He goes, "I saw that highlight on ESPN. Must have been nine times." Said, you know, if you put this on ESPN, young boys will get interested. Right. <laughs> my kid wasn't interested when he was in the room, and then he saw it on TV, and suddenly it was, "Oh my God, this is exciting!" Oh my God, I was there. Let's talk about Arturo Gatti. I'm like, you, you've known him your whole life. And he goes, yeah, but he was on ESPN. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is important. And right. and it was the, 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 the challenge was convincing them that if, if, if you put this on and you, you put some marketing behind it, you put up enough money to, to enable us to, to make an interesting fight because it costs money. Right. Um, you know, you'll get the viewers. And uh, finally, finally, uh, you know, it, it, and again, it's not just that it got through. Being sponsor supported is really a problem for a sport like boxing that can end at any moment. I can't stress that enough. Right. When a sponsor comes in and buys a football game, they know exactly how long the broadcast is going to last, right down to the second. They know exactly how many spots they're going to get. They're going to know where they're going to be placed. They're going to have some sort of, of metric to measure how effective it was. When you put a, a fight on that could end in one round, you you have the you know, and it's happened. It happened. Uh, I know Mike Tyson fought on Fox years ago, and he blew somebody away, and and they all went, "Wow, we had a huge audience that was with us for three minutes." <laughs> <laughs> That's not something yeah. support it, with advertisers, right? Um, in the beginning, you know, back when we talk about the the early eighties, um, the seventies, the sixties, Why World of Sports was was on every Saturday. And Sports World was on NBC, and Sports Spectacular was on CBS, and those fights were folded into those shows most of the time. Right, um, they could roll to something else. Right. Yeah, if the what the fight did was it brought the audience, always right. brought the audience. Right. But they weren't going to sponsors saying, "Hey, buy boxing." They were saying, "Hey, buy Why World of Sports." Well, that was a lot easier sell. Right. And again, you're right. If, if the fight ended, we were watching, you know, skiing from San Maurice or whatever. <laughs> right. it is barrel barrel jumping from Minnesota. Yeah, something yeah. to fill the time. ESPN right. came <laughs> along and started buying that stuff and putting it on their network at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. And no longer were they selling those rights to ABC and CBS and NBC. And so those anthology shows went away. That's when boxing went away. And then right. at the same time, HBO started scooping up the rights to the best events because they had more money. Uh, they were subscriber-supported. They didn't have to worry about how long the fight lasted. They were in a, a perfect position to capitalize on the demise of the anthology shows that basically started to drive down the rights these for boxing matches. So um, now we come up with another perfect storm where all kinds of things are coming together at the same time, just like they did then to benefit HBO. Um, now they're coming together in a way that all of these 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 brands NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, you know, they're they're all figuring out how they're going to go to the, how they're going to stay relevant in the future and of course they have to get into streaming. They want to aggregate whatever it is we all end up watching on streaming services. They're all going to be competing to do that. And and so this is part of their plan. This is part of their strategy and we fit beautifully beautifully into it. 
I right. just hope you know we, we get to stay. Because what ended up happening eventually is as the franchise sports became more and more expensive, um, we got pushed out. Right. And, uh, you know, the nice thing, again, about streaming is sponsors are buying eyeballs. They're not buying an event. And so if you'll watch it, right. <laughs> the sponsor's happy. Right, 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 right. They don't. Absolutely. They don't decide what you're. You, what you get to see anymore. They just. They just place themselves wherever you happen to go. And that. At that point, a, a sport like ours that has a, an extremely loyal fan base really does get to move the needle. So, yeah, I, I, I was looking. Yeah, it seems like Top Rank is now you know starting to get like real you know or different sponsors than than boxing programming had previously you know on on ESPN mm-hmm. like Friday night fights and so on they they're getting like more mainstream kind of products and and, and that's a really really encouraging sign um for boxing that i mean i remember you know watching it on those anthology series you saw car commercials you saw you know mm-hmm. like you know even mm-hmm. banks and you know investment firms you know you saw big money you know being poured into to to the advertisements yeah, well, so because they were buying wide world of sports right they right. weren't buying boxing right. <laughs> very rarely did they say yes i, I want a boxing series it right. happened but they were tens- they, those tended to be lower level events the, the big fights ended up on on those anthology shows right 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 well i guess now too people you know i guess the, you know you know adding in the the streaming element um, you know, programming itself, like, you know, like, like television shows, you know, Netflix, you know, if you want to watch a television show now, you can just go to Netflix and like binge on it. Right. But live sporting events are, are something that, you know, you tend not to, you know, you want to watch them live. You know, you want to, you know, you can't just go back and watch them. If you already know who won, you're probably not going to go back and watch it. So I guess that's the value that, 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 that uh, the networks are also seeing in, in boxing is that it is a live sporting event, you know, and it's relatively cheap mm-hmm. compared to the major sports, right? Well, uh, yeah, but but again, there was you know for years are being cheap actually. You know, right, you get pushed out. Against, yeah, you're not a priority, yeah. right? Right, we weren't a priority exactly, and and you know I don't know that we're quite to the place where I'd call us a priority yet, but. Um, but we've proven that the younger generation will watch it. Um, it is not, you know, unlike horse racing that has not been able to really, you know, capture the younger generation's imagination. Um, boxing, uh, in, in the end, will have been helped by MMA because right. uh, it, it proved that young people like to see combat sports. Um, and I've always said for years that every 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 MMA fan is a boxing fan who doesn't know it yet, um, <laughs> because when they because when they when they see a real fight and I by a real fight I mean a good one, um, I'm sorry an MMA match cannot compare and and <laughs> that's just a fact. So we're we're winning them over one by one and and you know they they, they come to the big events the Big Ten events they come to the big pay per views. Um, now, now we have the opportunity to drive them to to the slightly the next level down. Uh, we don't have to worry that they have an HBO subscription now. Uh, they are, you know, people that can just watch regular TV, and that this is all good, you know. Um, and, and to the extent that it ends up on an over-the-top service like like ESPN's, um, you know, young people are going to be interested in that, uh, not just for the boxing, but for other sports. And you know, look. We, not only not only do we, do we do we drive people to the live events, but we're probably the only sporting property that people will watch twenty years later, thirty years later, right? Later, right? Um, 
you know, you don't sit around watching all football games, but lots of people sit around watching all fights. So, uh, again, on a streaming service that needs a lot of product, uh, someone like like uh, Top Rank or Main Events uh, that has a, an enormous videotape library is in a very good position. So it's really good for us. We're really happy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys have, you know, just a ton of amazing fights, you know, and, and have had, you know, amazing fighters. Yeah, and. Do. And are developing some amazing fighters. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of your uh, younger fighters. Well, actually, you know what? I had a question. I, I looked on the undercard of um, Bivol Pascal and, and, and who, who's scheduled uh, to be on there. And I was wondering if Main Events is involved with uh, uh, like Sergey Kuzman or... I mean, I'm going to butcher these names. <laughs> uh, uh, was it Mur- Murajan Akhmadalaev? Um, Chakram Giasov, Evgeny Tushenko. Yeah, those, those, those fighters are with World of Boxing. Uh, we are we are partnering with them on this event, and uh, uh, we, because we partner with them on Bivol, um, and because uh, Main Event has uh, happily uh, a few shows coming up in the next in the next few months, uh, we we really didn't need the spot. So World of Boxing is, is taking advantage of that to display their fighters. Um, hopefully we'll work with some of them going forward, but uh, that that is not you know by by any means established. We are, however, continuing continuing to work with them on Dmitry Bivol, who is, I believe, the future of the light heavyweight division. So we're very happy about that. He's a really nice young man and and, and such a pleasure to work with. And uh, we hope we have a long, long and uh, successful relationship with him and and our friends at World of Boxing. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's. You know the future of the light heavyweight division. I think everyone can kind of see that he is. He's definitely a very dynamic. I mean, he's he's like one of those unique fighters where he's a world champion yet he's still a prospect. You know, yep. he's still growing as exactly. a fighter. <laughs> well, that's you know that's kind of what interests me about you know in the end pairing him up with a guy like John Pascal. Uh, you know, what was Dimitri's? You know, not had that many fights, and I don't know that he's ever been in the ring with someone who is going to say absolutely anything and do absolutely anything and that is part of what you have to learn to cope with right and uh better here than in in you know the biggest fight you ever fight and so uh you know which which i assume will will come later in his career but uh this is a this is an interesting test for him in a way that is just different from the tests he's had before and i think it's really cool yeah. Um, Jean is a warrior, and he is a a, a guy who gives a th- you know 100 percent every time he gets in the ring, and you know he's not going to disappoint you, and uh, he is he is going to make Dimitri earn it. If Dimitri wins this fight, it's going to be because he, he he fought hard and and, and he earned it, and he's going to learn a lot in the, in the process. So uh, this is how we watch a, a great fighter develop. Absolutely, absolutely, a tough former champ, definitely going to test him. Um, mm-hmm. Let me uh, ask you about a few other. I mean, I, the the one prospect that you guys have uh, who I, I really like, and again, I will butcher this name, but it's is it Miram Nursultanov? Nursultanov. Miram. Yes. Yes. Miram Nursultanov. Nursultanov. Okay. That's hard to look. Miram Nursultanov. But he is. He is. Miram is from Kazakhstan, and uh, he is quite quite talented and we are very excited about him he's going to be he's going to be uh, a, a force in 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 the he's he's fighting a junior middleweight right now i don't know if he'll stay there he's a young man but uh he's definitely uh one to watch no doubt absolutely definitely. and uh Mer, was it Mer, Mer, <laughs> Myrtle Zalayev Myrtle Zalayev is that right <laughs> 
Bakram. Bakram Murtisalayev. Yes. Murtisalayev. Uh, he is from Grozny in Russia, and uh, another uh, another you know talented young guy. They 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 both fought um, last week in in Las Vegas. Right. They both won, and uh, they will both be fighting again very soon, and uh, uh, in, in December. And they are both. Uh, uh, I put it. It's interesting to them too. They are, they, you know, they are light years ahead of where most fighters are at their stage. You know, right. when they've got, you know, less than ten fights or whatever, roughly ten fights, um, and they're going to be expected to step up to fight much tougher opposition, the kind of opposition most guys wait to twenty fights to get to. But because because these guys from Eastern Europe are coming and their careers are so accelerated, because they are uh, so talented, um, they have such great amateur backgrounds that, that they have you know, amazing basic skills. But the thing they don't learn in the amateurs is how to break somebody down, how to to finish somebody. So we're watching them learn this before our eyes, and, you know, you see them uh, the other night, um, Marim, uh, or Bakram, rather, you know, he he knocked down uh, Nelly Gonzalez, and he uh, uh, tried and tried and was not able to finish him. It's because he doesn't know how yet. Right. Um, Clearly had the ability to do it. But this is part of learning, and this is you know what he's going to focus more on in the gym going forward. And we're going to see a progression of their careers that's just a little different. Um, I, we saw the same thing, I think, with uh, a great fighter Vasil Lomachenko, you know, who took on a world champion in his second pro fight and lost, and then you know came back. But but during that fight, you watched him learning and getting better until oh, the end absolutely. of the fight. You know, he he was dominating, but it's just that he was too far behind at that point. Well, we've watched him. Over the course of five or you know, of t- five or ten fights, um, get better and learn. And now he does know how to break somebody. And he does know how to finish somebody. And now he is, you know, I think unbeatable. So uh, I think with Bakram and and Marine, you, you've got two guys that are that maybe you know have similarly very similar tra- trajectory to their careers. You're going to see suddenly at some point, you know, around 15 fights or wherever it comes, they're just going to step up into a place that nobody's going to be able to touch them. I agree. I, I think you have some dynamite, dynamite prospects there. Those guys are definitely the next. And uh, you know, the obviously you're you're you know planning to to uh, you know, the deal we can't talk about. <laughs> so, so so we'll see. I mean, I'm excited to to see those guys develop. I think I think you definitely have uh, two you know two or three really amazing prospects. Oh yeah. Well, and guys like Lashawn Rodriguez and Cassius Cheney and. Uh, you know, a little, a little closer to home, Ismael Villarreal, uh, who I think is really going to be something special. Uh, you know, he's he's coming along very nicely. You know, all all, all guys, you know, Marie, uh, Ismael and uh, Lashawn, both from New York. Uh, Frank Alarza, who we're working with now. Great guy, I love Frank. Now he's a guy who, like, you know, somebody put him in a fight he shouldn't have been in, and it yeah. just derailed him. And, yeah. and you know, he's got such such potential. He is. A character. He's charismatic. He's got yes. everything. Yes. He's exciting. Um, yeah. The, 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 hopefully, there are going to be some really great opportunities coming up for him really soon. Uh, you know, we've also got uh, uh, Matty Araskev from from Kazakhstan, who's another terrific young fighter, who um, is is just he, he's just a boss. He's just such a fun guy. And, and again, when we have the opportunity to let people get to know him, they're going to love him. <laughs> And, uh, and 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 on and on. We we just signed uh, Dennis Douglin. Um, he he's he's going to be with us, and he is another uh, another guy who just 
got derailed because somebody put him in the wrong fight. And uh, he, he's exciting and brings a big crowd. And, and all that stuff's important. Uh, it's a lot more fun watching a fight when everybody in the room is excited about it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he uh, he upset my man. I mean, I, you know, Vaughn Alexander, I remember when I was working with uh, Kevin Cunningham with Corey Spinks, and I remember him sending me a tape of Vaughn and, and Devin in the, you know, as 15 year olds at the Silver Gloves, just annihilating people. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was I was surprised. Well, he that, a big that, upset in that yeah. Fight. And, and, and uh, he stepped up and he did it. He was a big underdog and, and he, he proved himself. So uh, we're, we're just going to keep looking for. You know, our, our sweet spot at main events has always been uh, finding people who, who Jolene calls them the abused children, who <laughs> maybe didn't do as well somewhere else as, as they might do here, um, and, and, and rehabbing their careers and bringing them back, or finding the people, like God love, a, God love him, Sergey Kovalev, who nobody wanted. Right. Um, nobody wanted him. Mm. Um, we have a good eye here. Uh, Jolene and I both took one look at him that first in that first fight and went, holy crap, sign this guy before somebody else does. And we're going, well, everybody turned him down? What on earth were they thinking? <laughs> um, but it was, you know what they were thinking? Oh, he's Russian. He won't be worth anything. I had people say that to me. Um, so we don't, we, we reject that kind of thinking here. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Our I believe is a star is a star, and if if you are one and I have a platform, I will get the chance to to display him and build him, make the system work for him, uh, turn him into something you know that 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 the fans want to see. Um, if if I look at him fighting and I want to see more, then I have to assume others will. So that's kind of what we base our decisions on, rather than pedigree or. Uh, you know what their record is, or, or, or uh, I'm not, you know, what their nationality is, or whatever like that. That to me is meaningless. So um, it's worked for us for for 40 years, and we're going to hope it keeps working for us for another 40 years. We'll see. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, what? Um, there's uh, speaking of um, you know Eastern European fighters, uh, main events fighters. What what is going on with Czar Glaskov? Is is he recovered? Is he ever going to fight again? What's uh, what's going on? I know he really messed up his knee in the Charles Martin fight, but I haven't really heard from yeah. him since. Yeah, well, what we learned after the Charles Martin fight was he really messed up his knee a long time before that, and it just had he basically hit it from everyone. Um, this guy learned how to walk without limping when he was in incredible pain, and so he he was able to hide it. Um, you know, people. When he walked away from the ring that night, there were people who thought he had faked his injury. He had a torn meniscus. He had a torn ACL. He had a dislocation of his knee. I don't know how he made it back to the locker room without crutches, mm. but he walked. So this is to give you an idea of how tough that guy is. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, he walked without a limp back to that locker room. And huh. um, yeah, when the doctor looked at it, you know, when they, when they, when they opened it up, when, when they did the x-rays and went and looked at it, they were like, oh, my God, he's lucky he didn't lose his leg. Uh. Because of the dislocation, so um, he is at the moment. Um, I, I, he, he's gotten a job down in Florida, driving a truck. His wife has a good job. Uh, they seem to be very happy. He, he uh, uh, you know, I don't know that 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 he plans to come back. He knows he's got a home here if he does. But uh, the more important thing is that this guy, you know, is able to walk <laughs> and uh, has a, has a job and uh, has a family and and is living the American dream. So. Uh, you know, they, uh, what can I say? Uh, he 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 would have won that fight. He would have fought Joshua. He would have made a whole lot more money, but it wasn't meant to be. So, um, what 
Chris. I, yeah, it's uh, a very tough break. Really, really tough it break. It really was. It, yeah. If he ever feels ready to come back, we're, you know, he'll be welcome with open arms. But uh, he, at this point, uh, has not indicated that he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I guess the, the, the last thing I, I kind of wanted to ask you, and, and, you know, as someone who has so much experience in the business and has been through you know, any number of different cold wars and whatever, you know, between <laughs> King and Aram, King and main events and, you know, PBC and Aram. Aram and main events. Aram and main events. <laughs> well, generally you get along with Bob, right? But I mean, I'm sure, yeah. There's... Oh, there were moments. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said in a meeting a couple of weeks ago, in the history of main events and, and, and top rank, there's never been a problem. I go, okay, Bob, let's not get carried away. <laughs> there were a few problems. When my husband was involved, oh, my God, there were moments when they they were, oh, my God. But um, people, you know, those weren't quite as... as Famous, I guess, uh, but but they were they were just as intense. I promise you, uh, there were moments. I mean, there were times when we sued Top Rank uh, and, and won. By the way, um, <laughs> a couple of times <laughs> uh, that you know those, those were the days. But uh, we've managed to, to to make up and get along just fine now. So we, we like everybody there. Carl Moretti, who was with us, for, of course, you know, yeah, twenty plus years is there now. We uh, we get along fine with with uh, all, all all the nice people that work at Top Rank. It's a great group of people to work with. So we're happy. We're, we're happy. We're all on the same side right now. Good. <laughs> Cool. But I mean, you've got, you know, you've got PBC, who's on Fox and Showtime. You have Top Rank, and I guess now Frank Warren is is on the ESPN, ESPN Plus ship. You've got Eddie Hearn, Golden Boy, and the World Boxing Super Series on the zone. Um, You know, you've had your fighters on, you know, every network that has televised boxing um, how, you know, I mean, obviously for the fans, they don't care what promoters on, on what network they want to see the best fight the best. I mean, how mm-hmm. do you combat the silo problem? How do you, how do you, you know, uh, keep these guys from counter-programming each other and the fans kind of away from the sport? You know, how, how do you solve that? Well, from, from our perspective, the plan is to, uh, <laughs> when we have something to talk about, where it'll be, um, is to is to put on fights where people are evenly matched. There are a lot of fights that don't get made, um, especially when you have people fighting over seven-figure rights fees. You know, right. you get the elite fighters. You know, when you think about it, you very much more rarely get to a fight between two elite fighters where you can't guess who's going to win. Right. Um, or at least make a good educated guess. Um, there are a lot of fights... Uh, at the lower level, that that uh, between fighters who maybe have a loss on their record, uh, or, or you know, and, and the be- or, or a few losses on their record, the best example I can I will ever come up with for that was Gaddy Ward. Right. That fight would never get made today. Nowhere, hmm. there's no platform on which that fight would get made today. In fact, recently HBO has has admitted to me they would never buy that fight now. Hmm. It does not fit, fit their their criteria. My God, Mickey Ward was never a world champion. Um, Arturo was well past being one. There were they had it was a ten rounder. It wasn't for any kind of world title. They both had multiple losses on their records. Those guys would have never gotten the opportunity to fight each other. Right. And look at Mickey. Mickey Ward became a legend out of that series. A guy sure. who never won a world title, despite sure. what the movie says. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how many Gaddy Wards are out there? You know, if you think about it, you had two guys who were at the end of their careers. It was considered to be a farewell fight for Gaddy, 
from HBO is like they were throwing you a bone because you went in and he got in with Oscar De La Hoya and took the tough fight that you know that he probably didn't have to take. Um, well, I remember that, like like the fight after De La Hoya against against my guy. I remember Kerry Davis going mm-hmm. out at the press conference to Teron Millette when he fought Teron Millette. You know, it was mm-hmm. you know Kerry's out there basically saying thanks for the memories. You know, I mean they they expected yes. like Millette to beat Gaddy and, and that would be it. Yes, <laughs> I remember. I remember negotiating with Kerry uh, after Gaddy lost to Ward and going in there to to negotiate the rematch and and uh, ultimately you know uh, uh, turned out to be a a very long multi-fight deal for him, and Kerry kept going, but this is ridiculous. He's a club fighter. Why are we paying so much money for him? Why are we paying so much money for a club fighter? And thank God Ross Greenberg could see. And he just kept, we kept asking for more money. He just kept giving it to us because it was great television. You don't need the best fighter in the world to create great television. Neither one of them could have beaten the best fighter in the world. Right. Gaddy got in the ring with the best fighter in the world a couple of times, and it was painful to watch. Uh, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> boy, it was incredible to watch him against people at his level. Right. And there were lots of fights like that that never get made. Mm. And um, there's no platform for them. There's no money for them. There's no, there's no appetite for them. So what I see when everybody's fighting over seven-figure rights fee fighters, the absolute cream of the crop elite, um, I'm really happy to be in that in that conversation with Sergey Kovalev, of course. But what I see is a, a huge opportunity that is that everybody else is passing because even if a great fight happens on an undercard, nobody ever became a star fighting on an undercard. Right. Nobody. In fact, the proof of that is Julio Cesar Chavez, who fought on Mike Tyson's undercards way under the radar for years. And then one day they, for whatever reason, decided to put him in the main event and found out he was a superstar. Um, you have to be in the main event to get that kind of attention. Um, and, and we are going into a period now uh, in New Jersey where I'm going to try very hard to continue uh, working uh, with this, uh, the advent of, of, of gambling on fights, uh, on, right, on sports. Right. Uh, that is revitalizing this, this place, which is, again, where we got our start. And um, if you make a, a really evenly matched fight, then the sports book is going to do better than if you make a mismatch. Right. And I think that there is a, a you know something to be said for just if you, if you can throw away this idea that we need a name or we need a world title or we need an elite fighter and just get down into let's make a great fight. That's easy in a weird way because there are so many great fights that don't get made. True. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna try to give people. Uh, the opportunity to revitalize their careers. We're going to try to give them the opportunity to uh, step up. Um, you know, again, if you, you know, go look at Ray Leonard's career and look at the people he fought on the way up, uh, or, or you know, or, or Pernell Whitaker or Evander Holyfield or whatever. They weren't all superstars. They weren't all. They weren't. They were fighting older, faded fighters because they learn a lot fighting those people. Right. You don't learn a lot when you match two 10-0 guys with each other. Neither one of them has anything to teach the other. Right. Um, and, and so that model, which I know, you know, there, there are those who like it, and, I, and you do clearly going to get some good fights out of that. Um, I, I think the matchmaking skill comes more into play when you say, well, let me take this older guy, give him another shot. Let me take this young guy, let's test him. And see and see how this turns out. Because in the end, the young guy's going to learn something, whether he wins or loses. 
Um, and the older guy may get another may may never may get another bite of the apple um, the same way Mickey Ward did. So I think I think there's wonderful stories to tell uh, right. in in that kind of a scenario, and um, I see huge opportunity to be able to do that, and that's going to be what we focus on. Excellent, excellent. I asked one one last question. What what um what do you think of the World Boxing Super Series, and would main events put their fighters in the World Boxing Super Series? Uh, you know what? The opportunity arose, and it made sense. Of course, um, you know you, you you have a, a you know, there's a whole big world out there. It's not just in the United States, and and this this super series seems to be taking place mostly in other places. But it's wonderful that that you know these other parts of the world are that into it. And uh, you know, I, I've known I've known the Sourlands for you know almost as long as we've been in boxing again. Right, <laughs> working right. first with their father, but sure, uh, yeah, I get along great with them. And if there was a you know an opportunity to do that, of course, in a right. Minute. Right, because you guys, you have like it seems like you have you know like uh, a couple divisions where your your fighters are are collected. You've got the you know three of the top ten light heavyweights and and mm-hmm. three great prospects around the or more than that around junior middleweight and middleweight. So um, just be interesting. But but Kathy, I really really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me on a Friday and. Uh, and uh, best of luck with the the deal that we can't talk about, and uh, and hope everything works <laughs> <Thank> out. <you. laughs> Me too. <laughs> All, right. All right, take Hopefully care. We'll Kathy. be talking again real soon. Absolutely, okay. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast. I'd like to thank Luda Bella and Kathy Duva for taking time out to speak with me. Uh, If you like the podcast, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you access the Boxing Esquire podcast. I'd really appreciate it. It helps new listeners find the podcast. And I'd really like to thank David Duenas and Gabe Montoya for welcoming me me onto the uh, Leave It in the Ring Network of podcasts. I really enjoy all of David and and Gabe's podcasts, as well as uh, Evan Rutkowski's uh, Fistinato's podcast, which is an amazing podcast. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to uh, to be on this network. So uh, until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>